0: Hello and welcome to the Australians Teach English podcast. The podcast by language learners, with language learners, for language learners. My name is Glenn and I'm the owner and director of the Australians Teach English Institute. And if there's one thing that Australians love, and basically anyone around the world loves, it's making fun of those from the United States. Those CEPOs over there. And I have with us one of my favorite seppos of all time. He's charging into the studio. He's rampaging into the studio like a Trump supporter on Congress. It's my friend, Evan. Hello, Evan. Hello, Glenn. Long time time to demand. my
1: rights
0: (laughs) what to to shoot to shoot shoot kids in schools
1: yes exactly more of that please (laughs) so i I, I, I
0: must i must call i must qualify this that evan is definitely not evan is definitely not your typical sepo sepo (laughs) is what we would call a a very is it's a very derogatory term but it does have a a particular connotation It, it, it must be said that it's not for everyone from from the united states but it does have a particular connotation people that are uneducated or sort of mm, espouse characteristics that we would we would typically think of as someone from the united states that is a bit a bit violent or a bit aggressive Yeah. So when I told,
1: wait a minute, that's how you people see the United
0: States. (laughs) (laughs) I was told we were loved. (laughs) Yeah, I'm. I'm, Yeah, it depends. It depends who you talk to. Yes, (laughs) where where I am here and where I met you in Argentina. hmm, I'm. I'm not sure about that. I think the people in Argentina probably, probably (laughs) are just like us in Australia. Really love. Love to make fun of of people from the from the United States, but but when I when I told you that we are we are going to do this episode and, and we're going to look at the word sepo, what was what was your original thought? Uh, what does sepo mean again? That was my that was my
1: because uh, I know that you've used it before, and I could assume that it had something to do with something to do with uh, me being from the United States. I wasn't sure if it was derogatory. It does sound quite it's quite an ugly word. It's not it a it's not a it's not a pretty not a pretty word. Um but uh but yeah, that was my first thought is uh well because I know there's a lot of Australian slang, you know, that that is very particular to Australia. And some of it I've I've heard just uh through you, but uh, <laughs> my, the one Australian that I am in contact with but uh but yeah i think that's probably my first reaction as well like any you know if you hear slang and you're not from a region even if you speak the same language right like we speak the same language essentially and um, both bastardized versions of it in you know in our own ways but um but yeah i couldn't if i did not know you certainly would not be able to guess at all what the word sepo means you know there's no context or there's no nothing that indicates like oh yeah that's that's a that's a U.S. person. That's a gringo.
0: Yeah, and and this is this is quite an interesting thing with this use of the word. You'll see it probably on Facebook on the internet quite mm-hmm. a lot now, and and it's basically making fun of the people from the United States without them actually knowing what this word actually mm-hmm. means. It's kind of interesting. It's, it's kind of a code word for for other Australians, or that's just some sepo, over, over there. So there are Facebook groups like sepo splaining. Things like this, explaining, Sepo explaining. (laughs) So on Facebook, so there are examples of, of you know, people saying, "Oh, you know, Georgia's not a country; it's only a, it's only a state in the United States." What do you mean you're from from Georgia? You don't, you don't speak English. Uh, mean Georgia's a country. Well, they barely speak English. They barely speak English in
1: Georgia, anyway. In in U.S. Georgia,
0: anyway. It's full of Sepos, you might say. Yeah. Yeah. So, so where where are you now? Whereabouts are you now? I am in a
1: uh, beautiful Austin, Texas, um, recovering from, not sure if it was international news, it was certainly national news, recovering from a uh, very strange winter storm that left folks here, including myself, without power uh, or heat for several days, in some cases as much as five days or even longer, in my case it was a little bit more than three days, and um, so recovering from that, uh, but otherwise good back back to 70 degree weather uh
0: <laughs> 70 so. degrees what and, the hell is that <laughs>
1: yes in american terms so i think about 20 something three, twenty four. very nice weather uh despite the, despite the fact that it was you know freezing last week so if that tells me anything it, it is that it is that the world is doing just fine
0: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> So, so that is some they are some CEPO measurements, seventy degrees Celsius or miles per hour. These are these are some things yeah. that Sepos that Sepo say. <laughs> The, the the power going out when the weather is completely normal. These are these are some other things that only happen <laughs> to sepos. Yeah, people, people dying because they can't afford insulin. These these are sort mm. of things that we associate with CEPOs. Indeed. Uh, quite. And and just to make sure that you aren't a sepo yourself, can you locate Argentina and Australia on the map? Uh, perhaps, perhaps I could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a Do while. You, been a. Do you think most most people from the US could locate Australia or Argentina on the map? I would I, you
1: know, shit, I don't know. Most, I would say probably most, probably 50 plus 1% at least of Americans could identify Australia on a map. <laughs> that may be that may be a gross uh overestimation of my compatriots, but I I would hope at least that you could identify Australia or at least get You know, like New Zealand, at least get close. (laughs) Uh, uh, Argentina, I doubt very much that you could even a third or I mean, I don't know. I doubt that out of a random lineup, many folks could point to a to a blank map, you you know, a nameless map and point out Argentina. Yeah, so it's
0: just one of those South Mexican countries. Exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: One of those five Mexican countries down there yeah. somewhere. <laughs> so you you were saying that? Well, you don't know what sepo is, but it but it sounds bad, and yes, it is. Indeed. It's what we it's what we would call rhyming slang. Hmm. So so it it's not just a pure rhyming slang. It's also a derivative of that rhyming slang. So, first of all, we have the word yank or yankee Mm. yeah i wouldn't consider i mean most places in the world would consider someone from the u.s a yankee Mm -hmm. Uh, i sort of consider it maybe someone from from i guess the the eastern united states someone like our friend rebecca who has been on the show before but that's all i would understand it as well a
1: northeasterner Uh
0: but a lot of people would sort of just class anyone from the u.s as a as a yankee or here in argentina they would call them shankies <laughs> and but but for me like someone from the south of the u.s would definitely be a sepo
1: yeah interesting f-
0: for me there is sort of like a distinction i think people from from the north of U- the u.s generally have a different well the west of the u.s generally have a different reputation from from people in the south like in texas mm-hmm. or georgia or florida who we would consider a little bit ignorant mm. but anyway it, it comes from shanky or yank then yank rhymes with septic tank <laughs> and then indeed it does and then we shorten septic tank to sepo so in the huh. tradition of, of australian slang we then shorten the word to become sepo so <laughs> was it was at one point was was at one point
1: where we referred to as septic tanks like why is septic tanks the rhyming like
0: why because Yank rhymes with septic tank and a septic oh, tank it. is full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So now you see where now you see where we get this from. Indeed. Indeed, I do. So so do, do you use rhyming slang in, no. in the US?
1: No, that's not a thing that at least that I can think of. Um certainly not I'm sure we have some slang terms that rhyme but it's not like a thing you know it's not something like like could have multiple examples of that uh yeah and that's something interesting because i know in argentina they have they play a lot with slang as well you know like reverse slang and and also some like uh some some sort of like rhyming uh terms but no not 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 here we're simple folk
0: (laughs) <laughs> you're linguistically challenged
1: yeah rhyming is a lot to ask
0: for <laughs> <So>. <laughs> for seppos yeah yeah so so yes i think in a, in a lot of cultures around the world it is it is a it is sort of it is a thing
1: hmm. I, mean, I have one example i you know like the one example that occurs to me is uh like see a later alligator but that's uh-huh. you know like but that's almost that's something that a child says you know or someone who is like talking to a child or you know, like there's there's some of these terms. See later, alligator, you uh, know, and they're all related, I guess. In a wild crocodile, or something yeah. you know, but it's very, it's it's very much aimed. I think anything that is like rhyming to my ear just seems like it's meant for children, you know. Uh, so
0: we, so sepo is something that children would say. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, uh, <laughs> I'm insulting. <laughs> we do the teach Australian them from people. a young age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so in some cultures, it is it is used as a way basically to I guess uh, make fun of of other people Mm -hmm. so so in Australia just like in Argentina we we have a lot of immigrants that that came from sort of oppressed oppressed populations Mm -hmm. so rhyming slang is probably most famous in in Cockney rhyming slang from London and so a lot of the early criminals that came to Australia for stealing bread came from, from London, from this area. So they brought this tradition of, of rhyming slang to, to Australia. That is, that is one of the reasons why they think that Australia does have so much rhyming slang, because it's a part of the, the culture that has been, that was brought to Australia that is one of the reasons and the same within Argentina and and Evan I was I was lucky enough to meet you here in Argentina and and in terms of the gringos that are here you're probably the most informed about lunfaro Mm -hmm. and wordplay with the Argentinian language and for me that's that's quite similar in in Australia people would use rhyming slang to make fun of authority so they wouldn't Mm -hmm. call someone a a c-word or or a or a whatever word you would think of a word that rhymed with the word that you wanted to say, but say the rhyming word. So they couldn't, they couldn't punish you for it. Yeah.
1: Also sounds like, and again, this is not me trying to be a smart ass or like an insult insult this, this uh, uh, tendency, but it does that. It also reminds me of like something as a child, you would do it like just not get in trouble, right? You say, a, instead of saying Um, shit. You say I don't know. Um, oh, maybe that's a bad one. Instead of fuck, you say like duck or something. You know, (laughs) ducky. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. And it's like, so I didn't say it.
0: There's a famous thing on South Park, for instance, where where Eric Cartman says to the bus driver, "This bitch won't let us." And she said, "What do you say?" And he says, "I said rabbits eat lettuce." (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, it, it is it is something like that that your know, kid kids get away with, with mm-hmm. trying to sort of mock mock teachers and things like this. So it is kind of, you know, a way of avoiding trouble. Mm-hmm. And so I, I know that you have a lot of experience with this with, with Lunfaro here in, in Argentina. how how would it be similar, do you think, to to the way that people use use language in, in other countries like in Argentina?
1: Well, I think I mean what you're saying um, makes sense, right? Like using it as a way to um, subvert, like authority. I, for, what is occurring to my mind is like the names of the uh, of the pastries. Facturas. Yeah, exactly. The facturas in Argentina, where they're they're all like the panaderias were run by Italian immigrants anarchists. who were all anarchists. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're mostly anarchists. <laughs> and one of those weird trends in history. And so they give the names like Bole de, Bole de Fraile, I think is one of them, or uh, what's, what, what are some of the names they give those? Um, it's been a long time since I had a factura, it's been years, but you know, anyone who has been to Argentina will know the names of the facturas and, and they're all names that are sort of subversive of elements of either the church or, uh, uh, What's one of them is uh, Vigilante, right? Like is the name of a, uh, one of the facturas. So it seems I don't know. That's just what comes to my mind, and, and when you talk about like using slang as, as a way of uh, subverting authority.
0: Yeah. So so the idea was was people from the church or police officers would come into the bakery and they would order something, mm-hmm. like for example, a a, a police officer on boton would come into the come into the 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 bakery and order a vigilante or something like this. Yeah. Uh-huh. I want a vigilante, or yeah, I want a, a friar's b- ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want a, I want an altar boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These sorts of these sorts of things. So it was a way of of making fun mm-hmm. without being able to actually get in trouble for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And so that that is that is one of the kind of traditions with with Argent, Argentinian slang, and I assume it probably happens in other. right. in other other parts of the world especially maybe in colonial countries or Mm. or or i assume probably the scottish and the welsh probably Mm. do it in in some way as well they would have
1: to yeah yeah
0: i i assume that they that they would have something like that
1: yeah yeah i uh also reminds me of the uh in argentina at least the uh vesre like vesre like the reverse like where they which is also just a neat i'm again not something that i'm familiar with existing in in u.s slang no yeah yeah but turning words um like sope instead of peso right they would say i sope or something like that mm-hmm. um, and i'm not sure if that's i want i wonder you know uh, if that's sort of a childish thing that just became you know something that originates in children and then becomes more uh frequently used or if it has some some, some sort of subversive uh roots i don't know though
0: you know, one of the theories about language development is that the changes in the language happen with with the children and then they bring up those patterns and that eventually takes over the 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 sort of the the dominant the dominant form of the of the language
1: mm. makes sense yeah i mean slang you know new slang is constantly getting incorporated it's no joke that you start to feel old when you realize like
0: what is someone what, saying? Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck is <this? laughs> what, what, what does this mean? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So let, let's let's give you a, let's give you a little bit of a quiz here about some some Australian rhyming slang, and you can you can tell me and you can play along, those listening to us as well. If if you know what this rhyming slang is, so the first one, probably the most common one that I hear a lot of the time, is a Barry Crocker. He's had an absolute Barry Crocker.
1: He's had an absolute Barry Crocker? He's had a Barry
0: Crocker. I had a Barry Crocker.
1: And that's that rhymes with something. Barry Crocker. Had an absolute, I don't know, something rocking, rocker, I don't know, something. Sounds, sounds it sounds had, good. He's had a shocker. A shocker, like a surprise, like a- No, a terrible decision. Like a shocker is really?
0: in a bad decision.
1: See, that's not how I would use. That's uh, in the US. Don't think we would use that term like that. Shocker yeah. does, does not mean a yeah, bad you know. decision. Interesting.
0: Yeah. So, so in Australia, the connotation with that is he's had a shocker. He's had a bad moment. Especially, mm-hmm. especially the commentators in sport will use that all the time. Oh, that is an absolute Barry. Barry crocker of a decision from the umpire or, mm. or something like that is Barry crocker uh, an actual person yeah he's a singer is... so it's oh, really com- it's really common to to use um people's people's names mm. in in australian rhyming slang so so this is one way that it will actually develop and so if someone has an interesting name that rhymes with something then it will be adapted into the into the rhyming slang for example to have a David Gower. Shower or something. Shower. There (laughs) you go. Yeah. To Ah. have a David Gower is to have a shower. David Gower Ah. was was an English cricketer, a a batsman. So that's one way that you can use that. Another one, it's common in in England or I think in some English-speaking countries is a sausage roll. Do you know what a sausage roll is?
1: Uh, not in this context, a sausage roll. Uh, no.
0: It's a goal. Huh, interesting. <laughs> sausage roll is Weird. a goal. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. What about Jats Crackers? It's got him in the Jats Crackers. Hit him square in the Jats Crackers. <laughs> Something about his nuts. I, guess, <laughs> I don't know. His <laughs> knackers. His <laughs> knackers. <laughs> his knackers. We've had I'm, another, another <laughs> episode where we talked about <laughs> knackered, and yeah, this is this is mm. right knackers knackers is la, like tired though right
1: for y'all
0: yeah we would say knacker mean, means tired but it also <laughs> means in las bolas yeah so so it's got, <laughs> got him in, got, got him in right in the Jats crackers in the, Jats, the Jats, <laughs> Jats crackers are a t- are a type of cook a type of biscuit or a type huh, of interesting. Like, yeah a t- the type of cracker mm. we can't we can't use that word in the united states it doesn't have that yeah, connotation yeah in yeah,
1: yeah yeah uh, but anyway jats
0: crackers are a type of biscuit or cookie or whatever you you want to say so I that, does not have that
1: connotation of like you know white person
0: non white person no it doesn't doesn't make any wouldn't make any sense to mm. anyone in australia so so yeah but there are mm. there are some there are some pieces of slang that we do that we do share between australia and the united states and and particularly from where you're from in, in Texas and, and the West Coast of the United States. And, and there is an interesting story behind this. It's because in the, in the mid-1800s, there were various gold, gold rushes around, around the world. And so one of those places was in Broken Hill in New South Wales. And so, so when the gold ran out there, a lot of the, the gold miners went to the next gold rush, which was in California, and then the next one was in Victoria in the south of, of Australia, the south of Australia, and then in Western Australia. So the people that went to these different places brought some of their slang with them. And also some of that slang was applied to them. So what happened when the Australians went to California and applied for a mining lease or a mining permit that had to go to a court. And do you know what happened when they went to apply for one of these licenses?
1: They discriminated against? They were
0: discriminated against. So it became known as a kangaroo court. So then this expression that actually started in the United States has been brought back to Australia. So we could use, for example, going back to Trump as an example, that when he was impeached or whatever, we could say that was a little bit of a, a kangaroo court.
1: That's what, yeah, that's what was said. I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard that term. You actually was, heard that when, term yeah, when I it knew, was going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, it was actually,
0: yeah. was it used in the United States?
1: Yeah, it was used by Republicans to describe, you know, the yeah. uh, nature of the hearings. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah.
0: So, so, so a kangaroo court is is when something is is fixed. Like, for example, in Russia, the the opposition person, whatever, gets sentenced to jail. We already know. Yeah, yeah, we already know that that's going to happen before he's mm-hmm. in, before he's in court, yeah. or that Trump is not going to be impeached because we know who is going to vote, mm-hmm. whichever way before it already happens. It's just for show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would consider that. A kangaroo court mm-hmm. so that it is definitely something that we that we share in terms of our of our slang and it's interesting that one of those expressions with kangaroo actually comes from the united states and not and not from australia
1: yeah that is interesting was it just a slur i guess of what they're calling a kangaroo because the folks were from australia and yeah exactly they knew kangaroos or katie rosewood had boxed one or some shit like that <laughs> <laughs> no i think
0: i yeah I, I I don't know. It's just probably, I mean I guess I guess when you think of Australia, what is the first thing that you you think of? Uh drunkenness. Drunkenness. <laughs> 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 I swear I have nothing to do with this. No. Uh <laughs> what would be the second thing then?
1: Yeah, probably the kangaroos would certainly be high up on the list. You know, I think today, if you ask me, it'd be uh probably that crocodile dundee character, probably the the most iconic but yeah camera. certainly yeah certainly uh certainly kangaroos would be up there
0: yeah exactly so mm-hmm. so so i guess that was was applied to it it's, mm-hmm. it's well, crocodile dundee certainly wasn't wasn't around in the it mid- yeah. well you could look at him and you think well he's 150 yeah. years old he looks pretty <laughs> terrible now <laughs> <He's> <laughs> he could all well right. be un- <laughs> <I> just <still laughs> oh, just uh, just looking pretty horrible but then perhaps. there are then there are other. Then there are other kinds of of mining-related slang Mm. that was brought brought back to Australia. For example, the techniques that were used to mine for gold in in California were were quite different to the the methods in in Australia. In California, in the west coast of the United States, in Canada and places like this, there were many more rivers with seams of gold. So they would use their pan to pan for the gold. Mm -hmm. So this is probably an expression that, that you guys use over there. And people would probably be familiar with this one that or people that study English would be to pan out.
1: Mm, yeah, something pans out. Uh-huh. Yep.
0: So can well
1: successful. Yeah. I think yeah, it pans out. Oh, yeah. so for you, it can pan out badly? Yes. Pan out. Interesting. Okay.
0: Yeah. So so then we would say pans out well, pans out badly. Mm. or we can use it oh we'll see how it pans out depends how it yeah, pans out yeah definitely yeah yeah so so this is but you guys only use it as a, in the in the positive
1: no I, that's what first occurred to me i we would i would say you know we'll see how it pans out which implies that it can go either way but I, yeah i don't i don't it wouldn't be my first inclination to say it panned out well no i guess you're right yeah i guess i yeah
0: i would say it panned out poorly it panned out well yeah so yeah, if it so pans just, out well, you're left with gold.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: right. Yeah. If it pans out badly, you're left with left with nothing. Sand, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so that is the that is where this little little phrasal verb expression actually mm-hmm. actually comes from. Mm-hmm. The other one would be to block off. Mm-hmm. Would you use that to block off somebody? Uh
1: depending how somebody? you what do you so block off i can think of like i block off uh, a part of my schedule and block off a person it just seems like i'm shutting them out i don't know like i'm mm-hmm. block off i don't know if i would use it necessarily with a person. How, how do you how would you use it yeah I would, about a person? I would
0: block off a person from my from my life or block out a person
1: yeah i would certainly understand that i don't know block out a person block off a person
0: I would say shut them out. Probably shut, shut them down. Yeah, we we yeah we probably wouldn't use shut. We would probably actually use block. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, and and that. So
1: ref- w- what does that come from? Yeah, what's the?
0: So so it's actually delineating your your mining lease. So so we would say like pegging, literally pegging out mm, your, air, your area of of dirt on the ground, marking it. So marking out your your mm-hmm. territory it's mine no one's coming in
1: Mm -hmm. makes sense
0: you could do that with your car block someone in
1: yeah yeah someone
0: off cut someone Mm -hmm. off yeah all these sorts of all these sorts of things so that has also come from mining slang to to australia
1: yeah it's interesting Um, that's so ingrained though like that block the like the usage of that it doesn't even seem like slang to me, you know. It just seems like the like the like a regular phrasal verb. But I guess if it originated from, you know, from that history, that's interesting.
0: So, so a lot of these things that we we use kind of naturally, that this is their mm-hmm. this is their origin, mm-hmm. um, and we and we don't we don't think about this, but this is literally where where it comes from. Mm-hmm. And then, you, then you can think of now. I, we would it would be very common in australia to say to to buy a block of land yep i'm not sure if you would say that same thing in yeah
1: a block of land a block just like a land. generic doesn't actually mean anything specific right just a generic amount exactly mm-hmm.
0: yeah you would buy an area of of land it's the same it's the same thing and i assume that's actually mm-hmm. where this where this comes from
1: interesting yeah
0: whereas if you were to buy a a, a like a farm property or something like that, it would be a, a lot, or yep. something like something like that. Mm-hmm. So these are some of the uh, the the histories of 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 our language, and some of the shared some of the shared histories of our of our language. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that have been a little bit different in our culture. Is there is there any other slang from Australia
1: that you're familiar with? Uh, just uh the bad just the bullshit ones, you know, the shrimp on the shrimp barbie, on the party. But we uh, don't actually have days. shrimp yeah, in Australia. Right.
0: We have yeah. prawns.
1: Yeah, right. So that one, uh uh, let's see. When I think of Australian culture, most of my knowledge comes from the Simpsons. <laughs> uh, so y'all don't drink fosters either. We right? don't drink
0: fosters, so that's a lie. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um let's see. What else do I know from uh about well, a lot of it I've just learned from you too, like the term rooted, right? <laughs> or knackered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my uh my uh with my brother, I was having some poking poking some gentle fun at your Australian ways. Once because I yeah, I remember you said knackered, It just seems like such a funny word. And so for a while there, after we had gone on that trip to, to Salta, um <laughs> whenever I was talking to my brother, if I was tired, I would say. Some ridiculous thing like man, I'm just feeling gobstoppered or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, um yeah, bushwhacked over here. Bushwhacked.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's another that's another that's another very Australian term. But, but speaking oh, okay. speaking on this on this trip, I, I that was a great trip. So we went to the North oh, it was Argentina with, with with yourself and, and your family.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: especially with your brother, there's a great story. That um, I I managed to show show Evan and his family the 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 beauty of of our Australian product Vegemite. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you, I remember your brother saying. Yeah. I remember your brother <laughs> eating it and saying, "No, I wouldn't eat this by choice." And, you know, it's, it's horrible. Blah blah blah. <laughs> And we were were playing cards. And then 20 minutes later, I look at him and he's using the Vegemite as a dip for, (laughs) for his chips. And 20 minutes after he's saying, I wouldn't eat this again in my life, he's using it as a dip. (laughs) <laughs> it's that salty it's addictive man it's it you is. love to
1: hate it yeah you
0: hate to love it and you love to hate it yeah. yeah so so like i said to you at the time and like i say to anyone else at the time if you if you have a if you have a craving for salt mm. like even still now if i have a craving for salt i will automatically go for the go for the veggie fight the mite yeah
1: <laughs> can you get it in, in argentina can you buy it anywhere sp- like no you
0: a- can't buy it but i i am jealously guarding my last jar of of oh, wow. mite. so i've been wow. rationing I've been rationing that. Mm. I certainly don't eat it like I was eating it, eating it before because obviously with, with the coronavirus and the pandemic, and then it's uh, then it's been a bit of a bit of a problem. harder to get, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you, I mean, you you were in Argentina for for how many for how many years? Six. Yeah, and and from from all the all the gringos, all the all the shankies that I met, you definitely had the best definitely had the best Mm Castigiano from, from everyone that I, that I met. So Mm. I think our listeners and certainly myself included would, would love to get some tips from you in terms of learning languages Mm. in in general. What, what are some of the things that you think are absolutely crucial?
1: Uh, Immersion, you know, and it's, it's not just enough to be in the country, right? I have, I remember, I have a very vivid memory of meeting, a couple of years in, I, I went to a birthday party of a, of a friend and met there a young woman from England, I think, who was talking, we were speaking in English because you know that's our language. And um, she was telling me that she'd been there for five years or something like that and et cetera, et cetera. And I just remember at one point a fellow walked in and started speaking in Spanish and she her spanish was i mean it was terrible it was it's, i'm pretty sure she said yo sabe or something like that which is like you know i'm not i would ne- i'm never i'm not gonna make fun of anyone for struggling to learn a language right like it's not an easy process um but if you've been there living in a country where the language is spoken for five years and you can't even like i think she said yo meyama" or something like that like I mean, it was really, really, it was aggressively bad. Like, you know, like. like, Sort
0: of like something that you would expect from sort of a first, first class Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, if it had been her first day, I wouldn't have thought twice about it. But when I, you know, it was like, just, it shocked me. Because you've been here for five years. What the fuck have you been doing? Yeah. Um, But, you know, different strokes for different folks. You don't care. That's fine. But for folks, you know, who I assume the folks listening to this podcast are interested in language learning. Yeah. If you're living, if you're fortunate enough to live in the country where the language that you're learning is spoken And only only speak it, like don't hang out. For the first several years, I think it was probably a good two or three years in to my stay before I started hanging out uh with English speakers. And that was a purposeful choice. I I, I avoided really like making friends with English speakers. Uh, because and then, then you just fucking speak
0: English. And like, then and, and then you and then you had to learn Australian English. Yeah then I yeah then I so it yeah. was it was yeah. another language that you were yeah, learning.
1: Another barrier
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. but, so, yeah, but I think be, yeah. You know, yeah yeah that is, that is definitely a, a good a good tip for anyone that is planning to go overseas for 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 learning purposes. Mm-hmm. Something that I hear from, from people that do go to Australia, for example, the, the fear of, of learning the local language, especially for something like Australian English, it can be difficult to to overcome at first. And so yeah, definitely. A, a trap that people get stuck in is is hanging out with with people that only speak their own language. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you never get out of your 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 comfort zone to do that and and likewise i was i was lucky enough in my first six months basically to be living with people that didn't speak english at all mm-hmm. so i was sort of dropped in the in the deep end
1: and mm-hmm. forced, yep.
0: forced to learn um it's but, the best way to learn best way yeah. to learn
1: where you, you don't have any choice you know where you cannot the person you're talking to does not speak english so you can't you have to figure out somehow you know what what how to get your message across is really yeah great way to learn
0: so consciously actually focusing on learning on the on the language is, mm-hmm. is one tip. What what are some what's some other advice that you can give?
1: I um for vocabulary uh you, you know, if you like to read, just read everything. You know, I still remember the first book that I read, and the first book that I completely read in Spanish was Relato de un náufrago by Garcia Marquez or, or The Tale of a Shipwrecked Sailor and very short It's one of his journalistic works and from back when he was still a journalist um, probably no more than like 100 pages or so I don't know and it took me about three months to read it um and just going through and reading you know it depends on on how you learn and sort of what your brain is like um but for me I would you know mark the words that I didn't understand I'd have a dictionary I'd look them up I'd reread it I'd reread it um and you know you get a lot of Fulfillment out of when you finally reach the end, you know. If you pick something short and manageable, um, depending on where your starting level is, you know, maybe you might need to, uh, you know, get something that is specifically made for language learners. Although I would really recommend against that, you know, because it's just it's kind of demeaning. I don't know, like reading those little like you know translated or like for language learners, it always feels like you're reading a kids book or something.
0: Yeah, so, but okay. I, I like reading kids books. Actually, that's something uh-huh. that I, that's something that I would highly recommend. Um, Interesting. And now that I'm, now that I'm reading, reading Portuguese, there's a really beautiful, a beautiful author from, from Portugal, who sort of writes stories for, for kids, but they're kind of all ages Mm. stories Mm. and they're fantastic for someone actually learning. Mm. And, um, Are you talking about Coelho? No. Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember her name at the moment, but another example would be Quiroga, for example,
1: yeah, uh, stories of the jungle, whatever it is. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Something. Well, it's interesting because I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so in English, I mean, you, we would have um, uh, the United States writer. What was his about the the tales on the Mississippi and things like this? What was Mark Twain? Mark Twain, for example, he'd be mm-hmm. a, he'd be a perfect starting point for someone that wants to actually that wants to to read in English. You're yeah, wondering... I wonder. One that, I, oh, yeah. one, that, one that I <laughs> highly recommend from Australia is is Albert Facey's A Fortunate Life. Mm-hmm. He was largely illiterate for most of his life. So he wrote it mm-hmm. in a very, very simple style. Interesting. And it's a fantastic story, but it's written in a very simple way. So, so mm-hmm. get, getting these stories and, and having someone recommend these stories to you is is definitely a, a great thing to do don't do what i did and read roberto <laughs> <Yeah>, out <you're laughs> got yeah, yeah, that's, tenu- <laughs> that's a
1: bad move
0: <laughs> where, where everyone i asked about these strange words said i don't know what what this word means yeah because
1: it hasn't been used since the 20s yeah uh, it's since, a 100 hundred year
0: yeah. old and slang that that's not used anymore
1: yeah yeah i started i uh one of the first books I tried to pick up, I remember, because it was in the 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 boarding house where I was staying, was a book by Bioy uh, Casares, well-known for book, I think most well-known for, uh, fuck, what's the name of this book? Shoot, it's the one where they're on the island and things are, it's about two lovers, but fuck, what is he? I'm going to go crazy. He was a good friend of Borges. Um, well, anyway, it's, uh, you know, but it's like what you're saying, it's a sort of a, uh, uh, a more erudite like something an adult who was a native speaker of that language or someone who has successfully learned the language would read right definitely not yeah. so know what you're know what you're getting into um yeah, when you're don't, uh, don't
0: don't read like a hundred years of solitude or
1: <laughs> yeah the invention of Morel. that's that's the book i'm thinking that's ah. the invention of Morel, which is a great book i recommend it to anyone who, yeah. who wants to read it
0: yeah and yeah. are you are you currently learning any other languages at the moment
1: uh, a little bit of Portuguese and um, trying to I've been listening to podcasts, the news podcasts, and Portuguese and Brazilian Portuguese. Uh, I took a course last year, but that was right when coronavirus hit. So it was an intensive course, but then it went all online, which sort of, you know, I don't know. I just, the way that that course was specifically given and the fact that they had to make last minute, you know, in, on the fly changes meant that it wasn't a great experience for me. Um, but yeah, Portuguese. Um, and a Korean is on the list. I took a Korean course two years ago, but um, again, there were problems with the school, so I sort of left in the ether. But I think Korean will be the next big language that I, because I'm half Korean, so that's yes. so yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we'll see.
0: And so, so people out there might be familiar with with Evan from from Radio Matera by by Radio, <laughs> which is still which is still online, which is also a fantastic resource mm. for for people to actually to go back to. Um, I would highly, I would highly recommend that. So, so what, mm-hmm. what about your your projects for the future? You you spent a long time here in Argentina, and you've been back mm-hmm. in the United States for a while. What, what mm-hmm. are your, what are your future plans?
1: Um, you know, I have, uh, I'm sort of at the end of an era. Um, I won't get too much into my background, but I've, uh, you know, I've uh, approaching the end of a ten-year journey to get my undergraduate degree. You know, which is. Uh, uh, been a very interesting 10 years, <laughs> very, very uh, rich and fruitful and I you know enjoy them but it's also uh, as I approach the end of my studies, you know a lot older than most of my peers, uh, it is sort of a time of anxiety too, you know just nothing too bad but just sort of that you know you're reaching a threshold and you don't really know what's going to be on the other side and you lose sort of the structure um, that has been present for a couple of years. But uh, yeah, looking to continue working and hopefully in the field of journalism, right? Hopefully, um, storytelling—be it audio or 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 multimedia—but um, uh, just anything where I can talk to people uh, for extended periods of time, right? Uh,
0: that's yeah, yeah. Not, not a bad way to make a living. Mixing with different cultures, different languages yeah. is always going to be a mm-hmm. part of a part of your life. Yeah, I yeah. think that, that is definitely one of the, the most magical things about learning another language and, and yeah. getting to a you know, competent or a proficient level is is actually being able to have the these different these different projects. And mm-hmm. it's certainly a, a big motivating factor for, for continuing to, Im, to improve your, your language ability, mm-hmm. um, but also maintaining your ability as well. So I think that that's also a a big thing for language learners is like yourself, that you've gone back to the United States, but you're still practicing your Spanish by meeting other people, interviewing other people. And this is an important thing as well. When you go traveling and you come back to your home country or whatever, people feel like they lose, lose their practice. So listening to a podcast, keeping, Mm -hmm. keeping in touch with other languages, these are all important, important things to be, to be doing.
1: Yeah, you got to speak it you got I've been very fortunate like you're saying just do the some of the work that I do that I speak it I speak Spanish a lot on a weekly basis. Um, and i'm so glad that I have because I have no doubt had I not I don't, I don't think I would have you know lost all my Spanish, but I have no doubt that after what nearly three years of. Uh, of uh not be no longer being in Argentina, I have no doubt that I would have lost quite a bit of it. But I feel pretty confident that I have not. That you know, my accent is certainly strange now because it's you know mixed with a whole bunch of things. And but but my fluency is not. Uh, I I don't consider it to have gone down at all. Um, and again, that's just makes sure, just you know you have to speak it. You have to you have to speak it. You know, if you can even if it's just by Zoom or you know do some event. I know it's you know now it's hard, but you know there are people who are looking to practice obviously and and just. If you're really serious about maintaining it, you have to speak it constantly, or you know you will lose it. You will absolutely. lose it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So there's one final thing to come back to this this word for the day, "sepo." Mm. <laughs> would you would you would you use a word in the United States, or would there be a word from Argentina that would have the similar a similar connotation? Do you think, or are there any other are there any other words in any other languages that you you could think of that a, a negative towards towards people living in the united states
1: <laughs> a word that is specifically about people living in the united states
0: that has a very negative connotation yeah
1: mm. uh, i mean i think for a lot of folks in argentina uh, shanky yankee, yankee yankee shanky is not a
0: uh it's not a uh you know it's not a term of endearment no like you if, know? If, if they were to to use it sort of more of a a neutral one they would say gringo extranjero.
1: yeah yeah although in mexico then you have where gringo is also more of a derogatory it's more know? of a derogatory yeah.
0: term to to, mm-hmm. to mexicans i guess it means no for probably, yeah exactly yeah for yeah. for someone that is lazy mm-hmm. i guess yeah
1: yeah or like that typ- i think it's also you know that typical that idea of a sepo, like a gringo is an ignorant uh you know loud you know, character from the United States, <laughs> from the U.S. specifically.
0: <laughs> but would you would you have a word for that, for people like yourself that live in the United States, directed to other people in the United States that would be ignorant?
1: Uh, for people in the U.S.
0: I, would, I can think I would, of some.
1: Go ahead. I would be thinking
0: of like rednecks.
1: Yeah, that's. I was gonna say like maybe white trash, but that's sort of a bit. That's a bit. That's a bit. I wouldn't. I would never really use that in a. That's kind of offensive. Uh, but yeah, redneck is. Uh, is I mean, it's also offensive, but it's it's less. I think the problem with white trash is it's sort of classist.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like sort of like oh, you're poor, and that's part of why I'm degrading you. Yeah, Whereas you're redneck punching is, down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas redneck is like you're just a fucking idiot. Like you're just a stupid. <laughs> you're you're a, you're a Trump supporting. uh idiot yeah really yes. is a good one honestly trump supporter has been <laughs> is, is in my in my group of friends trump supporter is or like we'll say like that guy voted for trump like you <laughs> know like and that is synonymous with i think probably everything that you think of a seppo right like yeah ignorance th- ignorance so. arrogance wow. yeah Violent, that combination aggressive. that beautiful combin- combination of knowing nothing and being so confident in <laughs> knowing in yourself anything. like yeah yeah
0: yeah. yeah I think I think I mean we we have we have the word bogan in Australia which mm. and it's not really uh, probably at one point in time what was classist but like redneck now and probably redneck at one point in time was classist as well Yeah
1: uh-huh yeah but
0: now it's probably not because a lot of rednecks a lot of bogans are actually extraordinarily wealthy
1: mm. but, yeah. Being, yeah. but
0: being ignorant is a is a choice
1: Yeah Yeah I can I I would still call someone a redneck if he was rich you know driving a fucking fifty thousand dollar truck or something, you know, he could still be a redneck. Yeah, like idiot.
0: NASCAR supporters, a lot of them are
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Extraordinarily wealthy.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: so that's the sort of that's kind of the sort of culture that we we think of when we're thinking about CEPOs, thinking about about rednecks. Mm-hmm. But we'd we'd love to hear any other words and any other languages that get used against uh against <laughs> people from the United States in that. <laughs> In a very derogatory in a very negative way. It's something that probably unites, probably unites people all around the wait, world. <laughs>
1: wait a minute.
0: We can all we can all hold hands. do not like k- this at all. Kumbaya, <laughs> and yell insults at the people from the United States. <laughs> so I would like to say a, a big, a big thank you to all our listeners out there. Um and thank you very much, Evan, for for coming on on the show. It's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot. Yeah, of- thank you for having me.
1: Always great to see you again. Great to talk to you again. Yes, yeah. absolutely. A lot of fun.
0: So from us here at the Australians Teach English podcast, the podcast by language learners, with language learners, for language learners, it's us saying goodbye. For more information about the Australians Teach English Institute, go to australiansteachenglish.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube at Australians Teach English.